I wanted to mention first of all tonight as we get into our study, um, Paul Chapel and I forget the other chapel, maybe Tom, two, two chapels are the ones who wrote the book that is the impetus for this for this uh, study. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of things that are in the book and then are moving outside the book a lot in this study as well, but they're the ones who wrote the book. Well, anyway, um, out at West Coast, Paul Chapel, they published little mini books, like 40 to 50 pages long on different subjects, and they just published a book that just came out like a week ago, and I bought several copies of it if you would like one. They're just $2.50 a piece. They're about 42 pages long, but the title of the book fits very well into our study. The title of the book is The Woke Agenda and its influence on churches and colleges. So the woke agenda and its influence on churches and colleges. So I've got about 15 of them up here. They're $2.50 a piece. We're not making anything on them. That's just what it costs the church to buy them. So, but they're here if you'd like them. Probably be an excellent read. I have not had time to read that this week because I've been getting ready for tonight. And so, uh, but anyway, but their, stu- their materials are really good. And if it coincides with this study at all, uh, that's going to be really good material that they've put together. So we want to jump back into our study. We, we got into this discussion of gender and marriage um, back a couple weeks ago that I was gone. And, and uh, I just want to go back for just a second to one of the uh, notes before you don't have it tonight, but just I want to re- refresh us with it. Uh, we were talking about the attack on traditional marriage, and uh, we asked what causes a culture to abandon its ingrained traditional biblical definition of a marriage. What is it? What has to take place in a culture for the culture to start abandoning basically who they are? And, and so we listed four things that, and I just want to kind of review that as we get back into the study tonight, because this is right pretty much pretty much where we left off. Uh, number one, we said you get them to question the source of the definition. So where, where do we get our definition of, of a family? Well, we certainly get our definition of what makes up a family from the Bible. And so, so the first step, if you're going to try to dismantle that, if you're going to try to dismantle what a traditional biblical family is, you, you try to get people to question the source of the definition. Then number two, uh, you undermine uh, these teachings by undermining the Bible. So you try to get people to question the source. The source is the Bible. So you try to get them to think maybe the Bible's not accurate. Maybe the Bible's not true. Maybe the Bible doesn't have the answers. And then you undermine the teachings of the Bible, what the Bible has to say about a topic. Then number three is you get people to buy into the propaganda that says in the name of tolerance, we must be neutral. And folks, I would go a step further today. Tolerance is not even enough for them today. It's beyond being tolerant. And now now it's they want you to agree with everything they say. We've moved. There's been this this movement at, at the beginning. It was all well, people just need to be tolerant of our lifestyle. People need to be tolerant of our lifestyle. But we've moved from that now. It's no longer that. Now you have to agree with their lifestyle. You have to support their lifestyle. You have to use the pronouns that they want used in their lifestyle. See, that, that, that goes against my rights as an individual to hold the beliefs that I hold sacred to me. So now we've moved, we've moved past this point of tolerance. And then number four is convince people um, that they can't trust the scripture, what's in the scripture about this area, so how can we trust any of it? So basically, you're basically if you're going to if you're going to abandon and dismantle what the traditional family is, you've got to get people to doubt the Bible. Basically, that's what it, the long and the short of it. You got to get people to question the source of the definition. And um, you know, the Bible is where we get our definition of marriage. It comes from Scripture. That's that. 
For centuries, that's been accepted worldwide, what makes a marriage. And in nations all over the world, what makes a marriage was not a negotiable, was not a, dis, you know, discussed or broke down or whatever. But we are seeing now a difference in, in that issue. And, um, and, and I'm telling you, I don't know how far we'll get tonight with it, but some of the research and some of the stuff that I've uncovered in the last few weeks of studying for this, it, it has... And listen, I know we're in trouble, but it's scary. Right. I'm t- it's scary. The efforts that are out there to do away with a biblical family, what makes a family. And we're going to see that very clearly. We'll see if we get there tonight. But, uh, but anyway, so as we start tonight, though, two verses at the top of the page. This is right where we left off. And to think about when it comes to that particular area, those attacks on the traditional uh, marriage. Uh, Matthew 12, 30a says, he that is not with me is against me. And, and folks, listen, if we're going to side anywhere, we better side on the side of God. Amen. I mean, just quite frankly, that's where we need to be. Uh, my opinion doesn't matter. Doesn't. Your opinion doesn't matter. What matters is God's opinion on any subject. God's opinion is what matters. And so, um, there used to be a bumper sticker, and I don't mean to do somebody's bumper sticker, but there used to be a bumper sticker that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, really, it doesn't matter if you believe it in the middle there. God said it, that settles it. That's how that bumper sticker should read. That middle line should be gone. doesn't matter what you believe about it. It matters that God said it, so you better believe it. And so, um, anyway, but but God says he that is not with me is against me. 2 Corinthians 11.3, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And folks, that is, when we're talking about what we're going to get ready to talk about in the next few minutes, that verse is powerful because so much of what we're going to deal with is how Satan has subtly worked under the scene and now openly, but it didn't start out that way, to dismantle the family, to dismantle the family. And in doing so, in dismantling the family, folks, what we got to understand is, is, is that is not okay. God is the one that established the family. God is the one who said, I've created man and women, uh, woman, and they are to procreate and populate. That's what a family is. Even in our design, in our bodies, God designed us to work together to be able to procreate and replenish the earth. And so, and, and, and so this, to dismantle that is to dismantle God's intent in creation, which is also, again, why people don't want to believe in creation as God created, because then they're not responsible to God for the purpose in which he created. So we'll get into that in just a minute. But that's, let's look at this chart um, at, at, in the middle of the page here on the front. This was August 2020, so this is not very old. I guarantee it's even worse yet because everything's gotten worse in the last four years. But this was August of 2020. This was the Joint Economic Committee of Congress, a study entitled The Demise of the Happy Two-Parent Home. Now, I I found that title, I don't want to say amusing because this is not an amusing subject. This is a scary show. But I find that title amusing in the sense that half of Congress would love to dismantle the traditional home. 
That's part of their platform, basically. They, I mean, they don't like what Christians have to say. And so they would love to see the traditional home, many people dismantled. So I find it interesting that they entitled the article, The Demise of the Happy Two-Parent Home. But here, here are the statistics. Let me give them to you. So we're looking at the first column is 1962 to 2019. Women age 15 to 44 that are married. In 1962, it was 71% of women 15 to 44 were married. In 2019, that number is now 42%. 42%. We're, now, I'm going to give you all these numbers, then we're going to talk about them, okay? So let me fill in this chart first, and then we'll talk about this. Next column, women all ages married. So the first one was a bracket, 15 to 44. This is women of all ages Um and uh, and so these these were women of all ages. I'm sorry, not not married, not married. I, I I said married, but it's not married. So add the word not in there. Not married. 1962, five percent. 2019, 35 percent. Okay, then go down to the next bracket of the of the page here. Uh, couples living together but not married. So people living with each other but not married to the person they're living with. The 1960s, less than 1% of couples living together were not married. Less than 1%. 2019, over 12%. Over 12. Yeah, I thought it would be actually higher, that one. I was surprised by that number. But anyway, and then, and then the final block there, children living in a two-parent home. Children living in a two-parent home. 1970... 85% of children lived with two parents. 1970, 85% of children lived with two parents. 2019, 70% of children lived with two parents. 70% of children lived with two parents. Okay, so that's that's the chart. That's the that's some of the answers that they found in this joint committee, this study about the demise of the happy two-parent home. So so what do we take away from this chart? You tell me. What do we? What do we? What's the takeaway from this chart? Well, yeah, yeah. I'd say every every number is going the wrong direction, and it's going the wrong direction fairly quickly, um, and by large percentages. So yeah, it's definitely going going the wrong direction. Uh, that's that's for sure. And uh, Maxine. Yeah, women women are choosing that. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's talk about that for just a minute. Would there be anything in play that would encourage women not to get married? Anything in play? Like what? What? What would be an encourager for a woman not to get married, Brother Brad? They have incentives financially to not get married. What has our government done? See, we this we feel like this is a new problem. They're trying to do away with marriage. No, this is not a new problem. This is an old problem that's just getting worse and worse. The government incentivizes. Thank you. Incentivizes. I'm going to learn to speak one of these days. Incentivizes women who have children to not be married. They will give you more money if you're not married than if you're married. So what does, what does a woman do? She wants more money for her income, for her family, so she doesn't get married. And and we know that that is – we yeah, yeah, the more money you get. And we know that that has been done to completely negligent amounts – killing the very people groups that 
supposedly the government's always looking out for, they have just annihilated the African-American family, the Hispanic family, because they've incentivized, don't have a husband and you get more money. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And with, without a doubt. I mean, this has been and 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 all these things work together. Uh, you know, part of it's too even in society. We've gotten to a point in society where nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. Well, let me tell you, folks, in a marriage, you have to take responsibility sometimes. I mean, it's just, no, no marriage works without somebody along the way taking some responsibility every once in a while. So if you don't get married, if you just live together and then something goes wrong, you don't want to take responsibility. Well, you just pack your bags and leave. And then and then you got the whole sexual end of it uh, with pornography and the the only fans and all these all these this junk that's out there that people have simple access to and uh and and it's it's staggering Rajin. uh the other thing besides the government that's a big entity but corporations they'd rather have single people that they don't have to worry about the family unit which, which brings the baggage of insurance and, and all kinds of payments sure maybe unreliability because you guys got child care give me the you know, a single person. Yeah. And we don't have that as head. We don't have, we don't have some of that. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Because what happens? You go to work for a company. What do you usually want to know? Uh, are you going to insure me? And are you going to insure what? My spouse and my kids. Right? I mean, that's what we ask a lot of times, right? If we're getting hired for a job. I mean, listen, you can get away with a little bit smaller paycheck, but it's nice to have insurance. And uh, in this day and age, especially when insurance costs so much, you know, and, uh, but that, sure. So sure. Go ahead, Gloria. Uh, I think another thing is the women's Yeah. Right. You, you know, you can do it yourself. I mean, yeah. Way back when I was little, they had the Mary Tyler and what was she? She was, oh, yeah. you know, her and whatever. I don't know. I don't. I actually hated Michelle. But, <laughs> I, but, but the point was, she didn't need anybody, and there's some roommate Valerie, somebody. Yeah. There. They all did it on their own. They did it, you know. Yeah. That other song, my way. They're teaching women they don't need a man. Right. You, know, you can do the men's job. You don't need right. a man. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and I and I I think I I think all these are factors moving to a much bigger thing. Samantha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I, yeah, that I don't, I don't know. I guess so. That, yeah, that's surprising because, yeah, you're right. Most people don't are not getting married that young, especially, you know, we're not in a farming area like used to when people got married younger. So I don't, know, yeah, I don't know what that would change if you change. These are just the statistics that I had. So, um, but anyway, but yeah, I think these are all things that play into this. But the long and the short of it is that we can very easily see that the numbers are going the wrong direction. They are not going the direction that God has laid out biblically for a man and a woman to get married and have a fam- be a family. They're not going that direction. They're going the opposite direction. So now let's next look down into the poll next. Um, and um, 
Uh, I mean, I want to spend as much time as we want to on these things, but I want to also try to get some of this other material. So let's look at the poll. So this is a poll from a Gallup poll from 2000, started in 2002. Okay, in 2002, and ran, and then they took some staggered years up to 2019. So the question in the poll is this. Is it okay to have a baby outside of marriage? Is it okay to have a baby outside of marriage? In 2002... Uh, 45% of people interviewed said it was okay to have a baby outside of marriage. In 2015, that number had increased to 61%. And by 2019, that number had increased to 64%. So that means, folks, you're only left with 36% of people believe that it's not okay to have a baby out of marriage. Now, and I would venture a guess just based on how that number's increasing, we're five years later now, we're in 2024, I would venture a guess that number is going to be a bit higher again. I wouldn't be surprised that number was hitting the 70s by now. And we just don't have those stats. But I'd say there'd be a caveat the real that, question, it'd, be, it'd be better to have the baby outside of marriage than abortion. Well, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, brother. Right. Yeah. I wonder what the number of that would be. Yeah, that would be that would be an interesting stat to have. I don't have that I don't have that stat, but that would be an interesting stat to have for that same time periods yeah, to follow through. Yeah, absolutely. No, this was a this was this was done as a I I did have a little bit of background poll. This was done to see where people were with their morality. So the poll, yeah. So is it morally? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, is it morally acceptable to have a baby outside of marriage? I guess I could have worded it that way. Yeah. All right. So then that takes us to the next thing, and and this is this is this is just just starting to scratch the surface here, a little bit of. Um, of this area dealing with with marriage and then into gender. I don't even think we're ever going to make it to gender tonight. The way we're going. But Human Life International published a list in 2021. So this this is not that old. 2021 entitled 10 Threats to Marriage. What is threatening marriages today? 2021. And man, this list was I, I mean I, th- I thought it was well done, but it really kind of tells us where we're at in some things. So here's here are the answers, and then we'll I'll give them all to you, then we'll talk about it. We'll see how much time we have left. Let me give them all to you. Number one, uh, wound, wounded human nature. Now, that's how they call it. They're talking about sin nature, okay? So sin nature, wounded human nature, whatever. It's, they were talking about the sin. There was a description with each of these, and it was they were talking about the sin nature. Uh, number uh, two is materialism and secularism. Materialism and secularism. Number three is despair of the future. Despair of the future. Number four, radical feminism. Radical feminism. Number five, homosexuality and gender theory. Homosexuality and gender theory. Number six, mixed faith marriages. Mixed faith marriages. Number seven, divorce. Number eight, 
attacks on parental rights. Number nine, sex education. And then number 10, the lack of parental authority, or parental, excuse me, not authority, sorry, parental involvement in the children's upbringing. Lack of parental involvement in children's upbringing. We're not going to get to a stat tonight, but there's an incredible stat that we'll get to the next week uh, that, that speaks to that issue. Okay, so did anybody miss any of those? Any of those repeated? Barbara Brett. Seven and eight. Seven and eight. Seven is divorce. Eight is attacks on parental rights. Attacks on parental rights. Nine is sex education. Uh, Ten is lack of parental involvement in children's upbringing. Okay. So let's look at this list and discuss this for a little bit. I'm, I'm using this as a springboard to get into this discussion because, because to me it is just shocking to the extent that people want to do away with their traditional home and traditional marriage. Far more shocking than I even expected. I'm being honest. I just I didn't expect it. So I started researching, and man, it's it's intense. So so let's talk about these though. Uh, so these these are this this magazine, Human Human Life International, published this list uh, of these threats, what they consider threats to marriage back in 2021. Um, the first thing I would say about this list is uh, this is an excellent list of what's causing some of the problems in marriages today. I think it's a well put together list. I don't like what it says, but I think it's a well, it really addresses what I think is the cause of a lot of the root problems and why people are looking to, for the term that they use a lot is to abolish the family. They want to abolish the family. I think that's interesting. That's the terminology they use. They want to abolish the family. And uh, so this, I, I think this list is, is very thorough on that. Um, but let's let's talk about any of the things on that list, Brother Albie. Like Yeah, interesting. interesting. Yeah, and I do I do agree with you. I think a lot of things started. We're, we're going to look. There's some statistics that say some of this stuff with starting to abolish the family has been going on for almost 200 years. Some of it, you know, and we we don't think of it because so much of it was was under the radar years and years ago. But what's happened is the the woke people and the the leftists, the progressionists, whatever terminology you want to put with them, that they are now completely out in the open. So now we're 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 like seeing all this stuff, and we're like we're stunned, we're shocked, we're we're like what in the world? But this some of this stuff started 
150, 200 years ago in, in some of the in dealing with some of these things. But but you look at this list and I think, man, you know, this this is this is a recipe for disaster. I mean, if this was a recipe and these were the 10 ingredients for a family to dealing with a family, I mean, this is a recipe for disaster. I mean, basically, you know, you look at you look at okay, sin nature. So we all have sin nature. We all got to understand. We come into we come into marriage with our sin nature. All of us, all you know, there's nobody that comes into into marriage without some baggage. Okay, we all understand that. We all sin. We all have a sin nature. We carry that baggage into marriage. But the thing is, when when you have a biblical marriage, when you get married for the right reason, a a religious marriage. As a matter of fact, when I when I perform weddings, on the thing I have to, I perform, I have to check whether it's a civil union or a religious union. Well, first of all, I'm not performing a marriage that's a civil union, because I believe the 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 idea for marriage comes from God, and so every marriage should be a biblical marriage. So if I've if I've counseled you. <laughs> And you're not getting married because of biblical reason. I'm not marrying you. And and uh, and some people aren't as strict as that as I am. They'll just marry anybody that comes along. I mean, we were out in Shendo Valley. There was some pastor out there that used to brag, I've married 350 people. I married, you know, and he just his big bragging thing was how many couples he had married. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, boy, I I that's not something I want to brag about. I, I want to take couples through marriage counseling, prepare them for married life, but prepare them biblically for what God wants them to have in a marriage. And and so, um, so the, but we all bring this sin nature in, but the idea in a, in a godly marriage, in a biblical marriage, is the husband and wife, if you picture a triangle, husband here, wife here, God up here, as the husband and wife grow closer to each to God, they grow closer to each other. That's how a biblical marriage is supposed to, that's how God intended it for to work. If we grow closer to God, we're gonna go closer to each other. That's what we spent two weeks in Ephesians talking about in the family. What, how do we walk in the light of Jesus Christ as husband and wife? We do it the way God wants us to. We follow his plan, his layout for marriage. And as we do that, we, be, we, become, we, be, we become more like him and we grow closer to each other. Material and secularism. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have people that, that, that you know, their whole life is wrapped around everything they can buy, everything they can possess. Uh, they don't have time for family. They don't have time for marriage. They don't have time for kids because they want to buy and buy and buy and buy and have all the toys. And, um, and then secularism as well. Despair of the future. Now, I do think, I do think this is interesting because, um, because I would have never thought of that years ago. But I would say, you know, if I was a young person right now getting ready to get married and start having a family, I might think about that a little in this day and age. Because right now, folks, the future is kind of bleak, other than we know the end of the story. But the future here on Earth right now is pretty bleak, brother. One of my kids says they don't want to have children. They don't want to raise them in this world. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't agree. Right. I told them that's you know our place is to right. have children and raise them up for the glory of the Lord. Yeah, I've got I've got I've got one in my family too. I believe that's part of their reasoning. They've never said it quite succinctly, but I believe from talking to them that's part of the reason is they're they're scared to raise a child in this I, world I with the way the world's I going. Sympathize yeah. with that view. I just yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I don't agree with the view either. So we're on the same page with that one, brother. But yeah, but yeah, I, I I get it. Okay, then radical feminism. Well, certainly feminism has done much to destroy the family. And um, now listen, folks, we we all understand that that God 
God is no respecter of persons and that, that we have equal standing before God. Man, woman, it doesn't matter. And when, when we were at a point where women were not as important as men when it came to things like voting, some of that, that was wrong. But the fact of the matter is, is in God's eyes, we are on equal playing ground. And, and this radical feminism that's taken place, that has, that has just, it has just, just, it's, well, it's done a lot of things. I think it's annihilated a lot with the family, but I think it's also caused a lot of the problems we see in society today because it's, it's, caused, uh, it's caused there to be a non-feminization of women. And then we see on the exact opposite side of that, we see the feminization of men. And uh, go ahead, Joe. And, it, and it's caused a lot of what is this this gender confusion. A lot of that has been is is played out in this because you've got people trying to go both ways. You got you got women who are no longer uh, feminine, and and you know, folks, I'm sorry, but as a man with a wife, I'm thankful my wife acts feminine at times. And my wife's a tomboy when she was growing up, but she certainly knows how to be feminine as well. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, I'm thankful that I have boys that know how to be men that know how to get out there and work and know how to get out there and, and get dirty, working with their hands and stuff like that when they need to. I'm thankful for that. And But this has caused so so much, and that's why I think it leads right into the next point, that of homosexuality and, gen, and gender theory. And, um, and we're, we're going to talk a bunch about that. No, we're not getting there this week, but we're going to talk about a bunch about that next week. Um, mixed faith marriages was an interesting one to me on the list. I really hadn't thought of that one until I saw it on the list, but that can potentially cause some problems uh, depending on w- which faiths you're bringing together. Certainly, certainly there are faiths that you could bring together that still would believe in strong marriage and things like that, but there certainly are faiths you could bring together that would take some different views on things. So that one, that one surprised me a little bit, but then certainly divorce, the level of divorce. And then I thought this was interesting. Number eight, the attacks on parental rights. Now, we're going to look at that some more next week as well. But the attacks on parental rights, this is all part of the thing. Because what we, we looked at Ephesians last week, two weeks ago when we looked at that part. When we looked at Ephesians about the children's responsibility in the home. The children's responsibility in the home is to do what? Obey their parents and honor their father and their mother. That's the ch- that that's it in a nutshell. You can put all kinds of other things around it, but they, they are responsible to God to obey their parents and honor their father and their mother. So when you have the state, I'm using the state as the government or whatever, when you're having this state say, as a parent, you don't have the right to raise your child the way they that you want to raise them, then that is an absolute affront to what God has commanded in his word as to how a parent ought to raise a child. Because, because the state believes children belong to the state. And, and listen, you can research. There are, there are many people 
that have said that your children belong to the state. Well, folks, our children don't belong to the state. They don't. The state has not been given the responsibility for our children. Our children belong to us as a gift from God. And we have the responsibility to train them, raise them in the right way. It is not the state's responsibility. And, and, and so, but we're seeing now constant attack on a parent's rights. Listen, folks, do you realize in most school districts in this country right now, I cannot send my teenage daughter to school with two Advil, but she can go have an abortion during lunch without me even knowing it. Right. Now, folks, I, I, I'm just saying there's something wrong with that picture. I can't give her two Advil that she could buy at any store in this country, but she can go have an abortion and they don't even have to tell me about it. That This is the problem. Yes, there brother, so I'm going to get upset. <laughs> there are so many things that they defy common sense. They defy reason. They defy, and it's across the board. It's in so many of our institutions. And yet people just, just accept it. Like, yeah. like carte blanche, they accept it. Yep. And it, it, defi- it defies every good common thinking, reasoning mind could have. Yeah, absolutely. So number nine on that list was sex education. Well, certainly we understand, for any of us that have read anything about school districts, that school districts are constantly, they're not trying to, ju- I mean, back maybe in the 50s and 60s, they were trying to just simply teach sex education, which even then, I don't consider it right because that's a parent's responsibility to train their children the right way. But now it's not sex education. What it is now is it's perversion. What's being taught now is not, has nothing to do with educating a, a child about how a female works, how a male works, and how they come together and have a baby. It's about perversions. Everything you hear. You listen to the news about what's going on in schools and what's, going on, what's promoted in school libraries and what's taught in their sex education classes, and it's all perversion. None of it is basic. Here's how a man and a woman come together and make a baby. Maxine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We certainly see that in the gender theory because a child tells a teacher that, you know, one day at school he didn't want to play with a truck, he wanted to play with a doll. So now the teacher's coddling him and going, well, then you're probably a girl. You just don't know it. And, you know, and, that, and that's what's happening, folks. And, and listen, if you've had kids, you understand kids move from toys to toys. Sometimes a boy does grab a doll in the nursery. But you know what? Ultimately, they usually go back to trucks and, and vice versa. It just that's how it works. But, you know, just because they pick up one wrong toy one time, you don't completely change. Try to change. You're not changing them because their DNA is still the same. But you you're, just because they pick up the wrong toy one time, you don't try to change the whole direction of their life. Right, Jim. I, I, I'm telling you what you're all talking about right here. But I think out of all these, in my eyes, number eight, the attack on parental rights is, is most serious in that. I've seen cases, even like a place like that's red, like Montana, where social services has taken the kid away from the parents to make them a transgender, have the operation, right, and basically kidnap right the kid from the parents. Right. What is the parents supposed right. to do when the law says they can go to California and get their sex change, and you as the parent can't 
you can say I scream all you want, but it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I agree. That's huge. And that, and that is becoming a bigger and a bigger and bigger issue. And finally, folks, finally, we're starting to see some parents revolt against what the schools have been doing with children. And it's taken a, it's been a long time in coming. But finally, we started to see some things in Virginia and some other places where parents have stood up and said, enough is enough. The problem is, folks, we're probably 15 years too late on that. We should have been saying enough is enough way, way back here. But at least finally, we're starting to get some, some people's attention. Now, we're out of time. I'm going to whet your appetite with this, this quote for where we pick up, because next week is where we're really going to get into what I was really hoping we were going to get to this week, uh, because because I want us to see how far it's gone. So here here is here's a quote. It's not it's it, oh it is on your sheet. Uh, Current Affairs Magazine, May June 2022. Lily Sanchez article titled "Why We Should Abolish the Family," and she states the family is a conservative project that limits human flourishing. The family must be abolished. Now, folks, this is not just one nutcase out here that thinks this, because as we're going to see in the week to come, she's not alone in her thinking. But but just look for a second at, at, at her quote. This is a direct quote from her. And notice a couple things. Number one, what kind of project is it? It's a conservative project. The family is a conservative project. No, the family is a godly project <laughs> that was established by God. But the other thing I want you to notice is that, is that she believes a conservative project that limits human flourishing. Now, folks, let me just say this. Any kid in this world is going to flourish in a family that practices and teaches and lives by what the Bible says. You want a flourishing family, that's where it's going to start. May still not be perfect. We're not perfect. We're humans. But there is no way that you are going to have children that are going to flourish in society, be great for society, be helpful to society, play an important role in society. You're not going to have that apart from God. You're not. Think about it for a minute. Where do the majority of charity organizations stem out of? The church, right? I mean, that, that goes without saying. Where do the majority of preschools and kindergartens stem out of? The church. Now, the government's more involved now because there's mandatory pre-K and all that kind of stuff. But the church for, for decades and decades and decades has run preschools left and right, trying to train. And, and listen, you know, I don't agree with the Catholic faith, but we know the Catholic faith had schools for as long as I can remember trying to train children in what they believe is right, which some of that's wrong. But but the fact of marriage, and here here's the here's the thing I think of often, having been having been in a Christian school, having having worked in the ministry in Christian school, if every Christian school tomorrow shut their doors, the state would have no clue what to do. They, they would not survive because they can't barely survive now with the number of students they have. If every Christian school tomorrow shut their doors and said, okay, state, we give it to you. You do it. They, they wouldn't have a clue because there would be thousands upon thousands of students that they don't know what to do with coming into their school system. So, you know, 
for this lady to think the best way to help kids and families flourish is or kids flourish is for the family to be abolished is just is just absolutely garbage um and we're going to continue on with the rest of that sheet and into the stuff I got for next week, next week. So let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the day, for your blessings, Lord. We thank you for this study. Lord, I pray that as we look through this, we would learn things that we can apply to our lives. Lord, that would help us understand what is going on in our world, what is going on in society today. Help us to be able to better give an answer for what we believe in, why we believe it, and to stand firm in our faith, Lord. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.